For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench, and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Today, we speak to another guest from our Thrive Online conference, Nitika Chopra. Nitika is the founder of Chronicon, a media and events company dedicated to elevating the lives of those living with chronic illness. Nitika was diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 10 and psoriatic arthritis at the age of 19 and has lived over 17 years of her life being defined by her conditions. She shares her story about not being able to show up to a real estate job on time because of her chronic pain and simply how long it took her to get ready each morning. From this experience, she decided she'd be better off running her own business so she can write her own rules about her workday. And since the start of her entrepreneurial journey, Nitika has hosted her own TV talk show, hosted over 40 events with hundreds of guests in attendance and has created dynamic partnerships with over 150 brands in the wellness space. After 10 years in event creation, Nitika launched Chronicon in the fall of 2019, focused on those living with chronic illness. The event sold out, had over 2,000 live stream viewers, high-level brand sponsors, and has been growing ever since. And since COVID, she's expanded Chronicon to an online community, a membership space with inspiration, advocacy, and empowerment for chronically ill folks across the globe to connect. Nitika is one beautiful, powerful force in this world. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Nitika, to the show. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. 
Nitika, you were one of our guest speakers for the Thrive Online. That's how we met. And we promised everyone on that conference that we were going to have almost all of you on our podcast. So we're super excited to have this one-on-one chance to get to know you a little bit better. So for those of you who did not, for those of the listeners that did not attend, can you just give us a little intro to who you are and what your business is? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm the founder of ChronicCon, which is a platform dedicated to elevating the lives of those living with a chronic illness. I have been a content creator, a host, and doing work in the media world for about 11 years now. And I focus primarily on self-love and beauty in the earlier parts of my career. I had my own talk show on global television centered around holistic beauty sold products on QVC for a luxury beauty brand, and then parlayed all of that to a career focusing on elevating the lives of those living with a chronic illness, because I've had two chronic illnesses myself for the last 30 years. So it's definitely my life's work. Where are your revenue streams now? Like people signing up and working with you directly? Yeah. Oh, that's such a like direct question, which I love that. Yes. Let's go right into revenue streams. Why would we like buffer that? Yeah. Let's go right into it. So revenue streams (laughs) are really, no, I'm a New Yorker. So I love it. I'm like, no filter. What's a filter? That's ridiculous. That's perfect. So my revenue streams are in two parts. One is mainly through brand partnerships and doing spokesperson work. So I do that actually in ways that connects to my work with Chronicon. So I'll do a lot of spokesperson work that, you know, might be with a brand who's interested in telling vulnerable stories for marginalized communities. And so that's where I bring in those who are living with a chronic illness. But tying that to Verizon and their new cool phone plan that they have, that's all about connecting others. Or I did like a partnership with Allure or Facebook or things like that. So that's like the biggest revenue stream that I have. And then I also have the Chronicon community, which is an incredible monthly membership that we just launched not too long ago at the end of 2020, after we had a really successful live in-person conference when those were still happening in 2019 with hundreds of people in attendance and we sold out and just knew that there was a lot more we could do there. So we launched an online community. Nitika, the reason I asked such a direct question is because when just researching this for this show, it was like, she is doing so many things. And so I just wanted to clarify as a person living with chronic illness, how many things are you doing and like, where does it all the revenue come from? So thank you for that answer. The other thing that you did to talk a little bit about is what is it like not what is it like, but more like, how do you do all the things that you do with a chronic illness? Like, how do you manage your mind? How do you manage your time even? As I think there's a lot of people, obviously, who have chronic illness and, you know, just chronic fatigue type syndromes or symptoms. And I think they just kind of all kind of collapse into a pile on the floor. And so here you are doing all these things with a chronic illness. So do you want to speak to that? First of all, my heart goes out to anyone that is dealing with a chronic illness. I have had chronic illnesses for 30 years. I'm going to be 40 soon. And so I've had them since I was 10. And I've had psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. And I had both conditions very severely. They were incredibly debilitating. My psoriasis covered 98% of my body. And you know, when your lips crack and bleed in the winter, like my entire body was like that. 
And it was that acutely debilitating for 17 years. So it wasn't like it was like that for a season and then it went away. It was chronic in the truest sense of the word for, you know, almost two decades of my life. And I also got psoriatic arthritis when I was 19 and I was left unable to move without severe pain from my bones starting to deform for about six years. So I think that's really important to share because I think some people will look at me today and be like, wait, I'm not where she is. Or like, I'm just, I have lupus or MS or fibro or endo or all these different things. And I'm like, I'm doubled over in pain, you know, like how is she doing all this stuff? And I, I never want anyone to look at what I'm doing and feel a sense of doubt for themselves or feel like they're not doing enough or not doing it right. Cause I spent decades not knowing how to do the things that I'm doing today. I spent a really long time, you know, where getting a job was a really big deal because I couldn't stand for long enough to be able to work in any sort of profession that would make me have to be physical in any way. So I just want to normalize that. Like if that is something that you're experiencing when you're listening to this, you are not alone. There are over 133 million Americans that have a chronic illness that we know of and probably a lot more after COVID. And so you're not the only one, even though most of the systems in this country specifically are set up to make us feel and believe that you are, you are not the only one. So how I manage it, and part of why I started the career that I have and why I decided to become an entrepreneur, even though I maybe was a little misguided because I'm actually doing so much more like tech and trying to figure out tech all the time, which I don't know anything about, like we did when we got on this call or this interview. I started my career as an entrepreneur because I was really having a hard time showing up on other people's timeline. I really couldn't. Like if my job needed me to get to the office at 9am, because I was in real estate for a little while in New York, my job needed me to get to the office at 9am. I was repeatedly devastated at how hard that was for me and my body. During those years, it would take me hours to take enough pain medication and exfoliate my skin and all of these things just to be able to get out of the house and have like clothes on and be able to function. So it was not easy and it was not something that came naturally to me to be able to do that. So now, and, and even back then, it was really about creating my own rhythm. It's a lot of internal work. You know, I wish I could say like, read this one blog post and it's going to change your life. It's like, no, I have to meet myself where I'm at every day. I have to wrestle with my FOMO. I have to wrestle with my imposter syndrome. I have to wrestle with so many parts of myself in order to show up and have the courage to like do it anyway, even though my body and my universe in so many ways is constantly showing me I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that was my process. Nitika, has there ever been a moment in your entrepreneurial journey where you have questioned your decision to pursue this path? Or has it always been a series of affirmations that you're on the right path? I'm like, I'm laughing because I'm like every day. Okay. Every day. <laughs> yes. Every day I question. And especially with what we're doing right now with the Chronicon community, it's like, you know, when we, when I launched Chronicon, it was this larger than life experience to launch Chronicon. 
everyone wanted to come. Everybody wanted to talk about it. Everybody was like, where have you been all my life? Like, it just felt like every, like all the stars were aligning. And it was the greatest day of my life, I think, thus far. It was just such a joy and such a privilege. And then the pandemic happened, you know? And so like so many people, I had to be like, okay, that's cute, God. I thought you gave me this idea because you wanted me to succeed. That's, I'm very spiritual. So that is literally how I talk to God, like all day long. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm sorry, homie. You gave me this entire message (laughs) and you told me that you wanted to like put my dreams and my resources and my energy like on the line for this group of people. And I am one tiny little Indian woman trying to like make this happen. And I thought that you were going to help me get there. And now you just stuck me in my apartment for the rest of the year. Like, what are you doing? This is not, we need to have a talk. (laughs) This is not adding up. So I'm just being so unfiltered right now because I can't, I can't be any other way, but that is literally what I do all the time. I was just talking to my friend the other day and I was laughing with her. I had like the, one of those laughing giggle fits that you can only have with like a good friend. And I was just like, I feel like I have been God's publicist for my whole life and telling people how great God is. And then he pulls this and I have to just be like, what are you doing? We need to have a meeting. To be honest with you, yes, yes, every day, every single day. And obviously that doesn't stop me, right? Because I'm still here. I'm still plugging along. I'm still doing it. And I think the thing that I really practice like daily all the time is understanding that it's really human for me to have those feelings. And it's really human for me to feel small in the midst of so much that is grand and big and confusing and hard on so many different levels. And I do believe, even though God is a little bit on a timeout right now, I do believe that I am a spiritual being I live my whole life from a place of what would God do? How does God live inside of me? How can I see God in other people? And it's not a religious thing. It's a spiritual thing, an energy of love for me that I've always been very connected to. It's that dance that I do all day, every day. Some days I do it less. Some days I'm like, yes, this is great. I had all these meetings and I feel cute today. And like, we're doing things and we just booked all this stuff and that's great. You know, God and I are friends today. And then the next day I'm just like, what are you doing? You are being so rude and I just don't understand. And I'm confused again. Thank you for that vulnerability. Nitika and the humor that you're bringing to it, because I think so often in our world, in the world of entrepreneurs who have this kind of spiritual connection and mindset, we can see hardship in our businesses and think that that's a sign maybe that we shouldn't be continuing on. And so I feel exactly the same way as you, that it's hard every day, right? Like there's evidence every day that you should quit. There's also evidence every day to keep going. And so you get to choose which evidence you want to hold on to that day. Right. But I I think that that's someone in your position where by all external accounts, you're incredibly successful. And for you to, to just publicly acknowledge that it doesn't always feel, you know, like it's easy or it's on the right track. I think it's just, it's helpful for everyone to hear that. So thank you for that honesty. Yeah, of course. And I, I never want 
to pretend like because I achieved one thing or because I have a number next to my name on Instagram or because I was in a feature somewhere or whatever, that that makes us immune to, to this stuff. Because I don't know where people got that impression, but that's not the way that it works. <laughs> like, And I think a lot of times people who think that people who are having those experiences and think like, oh, now I got this thing, so I'm good or I'm untouchable or whatever it is, they're going to have a sad awakening at some point. Because I don't think that that's what those markers are meant to tell us. I think when I achieve something, what I've always felt is, okay, thank you, God, for showing me that I'm going in the right direction. Thank you for allowing me to see that that thing that I thought might work, like, okay, now I'm going to listen to my intuition more the next time too, because I was afraid at this time. And like, you just showed me that I need to keep going. So I just consider those things as like gifts from the universe and and things that are helpful along the way. But yeah, they don't like make us immune to anything. They don't make us any more special or different. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a path, you know, and that's really it. So the one thing that the pandemic has taught all of us, I think, is like how to get real comfy, cozy with uncertainty, right? Like, it's just like, this is it. There's no certainty in this life ever. What has the pandemic brought you? That's like, where's the positive in the pandemic? Yeah, well, weirdly, like, I mean, I feel like I'm on, I'm at like my comfort zone edges a lot lately. That's like Mm. the biggest thing that I think it's brought me, which is not fun. I'm not gonna lie. But I think the positive in it is that I don't think I would have been open to getting there if I hadn't been pushed to. And what I mean by that, not to be so abstract about it, but I think like for a lot of people, myself included, right? Like I had been doing live events, not Chronicon the conference, but I had been doing live events my whole career. I've been doing my career for 11 years now. So I started with a live event and producing, getting sponsors, doing all of that was something that was just in my blood. It was like, yeah, of course I'm going to do an event with 500 people and like sell it out. It's going to be like no big deal. And everyone else was like, that's a huge deal. But for me, that was sort of my comfort zone. And what is not my comfort zone, to be totally honest, is this more virtual world. I am a traditional person at heart. I like to sit with each individual person and like hold their hand and feel their energy and really take them in. And there was a momentum that I really felt like was happening every time I did a live event that allowed for that particular quality of mine to really shine. So to have to take all of that and then put it towards a virtual experience, which I've been so proud of the Chronicon community. And it's actually been a really great way for me to see like, I can have that same energy inside of a virtual space. But I would not have done that. I would not have gone there if I did not have to. People had told me that I should like start a virtual thing, I should have an online community, I should do all these things. And I was like, the, the conference itself is taking up all of my energy and I don't like to do things unless I can do them really well. So I was just like, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So I think even though it's been a challenge, I think it's a really, really powerful thing that I've been given this opportunity to practice that and to like go for that, even though it's not something that was necessarily something I would have chosen. 
So did you do a Chronicon on like a virtual Chronicon, like the conference? Well, so we decided to do the Chronicon community, which is a monthly membership. But yeah, we decided to do the Chronicon community. And that is a monthly membership. We have six to eight events a month. And it's so meaningful. It's like, I feel like I built my like chronic illness church is like really how I feel about it. <laughs> every person it's just like come to Sunday service. And like, we all know each other. And it's just so beautiful. And it's been such like a rewarding, deeply rewarding experience for me. But I thought about doing an online conference like you all did, you know, this amazing conference. And I think some people who have done it like yourselves, have done it like really thoughtfully and done such a great job. But for me, for whatever reason, a lot of my audience, because I think we struggle with our bodies so much, like found it hard to sit in a virtual conference. Like they were more interested in doing like a one hour one off or something like that, which I think is great that you have like this podcast and you can also like listen to things whenever you need. And there's so many benefits to it. So that's why I decided to do the community instead of doing a conference. I think that was a good idea, but <laughs> we'll see, you know, how it's still in process. You know what I mean? And maybe we'll do an online conference at the end of 2021. Who knows? But yeah, we decided to do the community instead. Well, I hope we're all vaccinated by then and you can have an in-person conference again, because I, know, I think I can't wait. that will be incredible. So I would love to learn a little bit more about your kind of business plan. So obviously the pandemic threw a wrench into your vision of what you were building, but like, what's your five-year goal? Where do you want to see your business in five years? So I love how you all ask these like really big questions. Like they're no big deal. Okay, guys, let's talk about my five-year goal. So I don't know. If, I think this is actually five years, but it's not so in the moment of this moment right now, but this is what I'll tell you that I know about Chronicon and what I want for those who are living with a chronic illness. I see the work that I'm doing with Chronicon similar to how the curvy movement started. And what I mean by that is, you know, many people, mostly women, but, you know, humans, men, women, non-binary individuals who are curvy really were sort of tossed to the side for so long, right? They were sort of set, told like, oh, you don't care what you look like on your wedding day. You don't care if you like look cute on a date or you don't care about reading or whatever it might be like you're just curvy and that's just like who you are and we're not going to market to you we're not going to pay attention to you you're just curvy and you're done basically and curvy people everywhere were sort of like um you're really dumb for thinking that because not only are we freaking fabulous but we also have money and we also are going to create a multi-billion dollar industry that is specifically targeted at our life experience. And we're going to be on the covers of magazines and take over the world one curvy body at a time. So you just can sit there and think that we have no significance in this world if that makes you happy, but we're going to show you something else. And that is what I see for the chronic illness community. I don't even, sometimes I don't even want to say community because I'm like, there isn't really a community for all of us yet. But for those who are living with a chronic illness, I'm like, why is there no workout class specifically or app specifically targeted to the 19 year old who got arthritis? Unless you have like a geriatric chair class, which is exactly what I was offered when I was 19. And I tried to take yoga and I couldn't, and I couldn't 
at my bones were deformed. I couldn't barely walk. So like doing a downward dog was completely not possible for me. And unless I wanted to go to a class that completely didn't speak to me, that made me feel more sick and ostracized, I couldn't participate, you know, or so many of my community members that have endometriosis or fibromyalgia who have physical pain in wearing certain clothes, right? Certain clothes literally hurt their bodies. And I didn't even know that, right? There's so many things that I'm learning. Why is the only option that they have to dress themselves is completely medical and sterile and has no personality, or they have to buy like a triple extra large, like men's something in order to just like wear something that doesn't hurt, you know, like why aren't there beauty industry, you know, beauty companies rather that are completely targeted to people who have psoriasis or vitiligo or eczema or all of these things. Like, why don't we have an industry dedicated to us? So Honestly, if you have any ideas on how I should get there, that would be great. I have literally, I am just clear on that. And I'm like building my church every day here in this moment. I have no idea how God expects me to get there, but I also know that I'm not going to rest until I do. So yeah, I just feel like there's a huge opportunity there. And The other thing that's really important to me about that is that, you know, it's not just about giving the curvy woman a wedding dress because she like deserves to feel cute. That is life changing. It changes her life to be like, I matter. Like someone saw my body and was like, you are valuable. You deserve to feel beautiful. You are worthy of this. Almost half the population of the United States has a chronic illness. It's not a niche market. So why are we othered in such an extreme way? And then all the labor of figuring it out and overcoming everything is on us. I just don't think it has to be that way. So yeah, that's my vision. Yeah. It sounds like you're building a movement, which is perfect. I mean, I think this is so interesting because what I have noticed in the last few years is that so many of the entrepreneurs that we've interacted with and we've interviewed on the show and we've just met in our own circles have been doing movement building work through business or through entrepreneurship. And it's just, it's my favorite kind of entrepreneur. I love hearing that journey because I, I have a background in nonprofit and government work and politics but I have found that entrepreneurship is the quickest and most efficient and effective path towards movement building, at least from my perspective and the work that I do. So that's, I think you're, you're totally on the right path there. I mean, I think you're calling your community a church and you're building, you're building that vision out through that movement is exactly what makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you for that affirmation. Cause sometimes I'm like, you are crazy. And, well, yeah, you know, of course, it just you, feels... you have to be crazy to want to take on something like that, but it's like, it's, we're all crazy, right? Like we're all, yeah. you've got to be eccentric and have a different vision than what's currently possible in order to create change. So true. I appreciate that. I would add to that, that you not knowing the how is exactly right. Like we never know the how until after it's done. And you're like, Oh, I can see how I built that movement. It's very clear now that it's done. But in this moment, it's not necessary. You just need to have to that vision like you've just described so beautifully, and just hold on to it and just keep trying everything you can think of. And it will happen. I love how the two of you were like coaching me. I'm sorry to everyone who's listening, because I am getting support. This is real life entrepreneurial support. And I hope it's helping you too, because it's helping me. So thank you both. That's so sweet. I wanted to know too, did you have plans to create a membership or is that just strictly because you couldn't do things in person? Yeah, I think 
in the back of my head, I thought that we would eventually get there, you know, just seeing how people really wanted more after the live experience. Like I thought we would eventually get there. I think I, I didn't know that it would happen in this way or that it would happen sort of so soon kind of for me. And I also really thought about it before I did it, which like, I don't think everyone realizes like, A lot of people are starting memberships right now and it's very trendy and I get why I think it's really an empowering model if you can really get to understand what your audience needs and you feel up for the challenge of offering it to them in that way. But that's like not why I did it. I really sat with, okay, what are my options? I could do a free group and then, you know, offer courses or like upsell opportunities for people, right? Or I could just do big events and like big meetups or things like that, that I charge for. And that's it. Like there's so many options. And I think the reason why I decided to do a paid membership was really for my health and well-being as much as it was for the health and well-being of each individual. So What I mean by that is, you know, my health and well-being and how that comes into play is I know that stability is really valuable for my nervous system, you know, and creating that stability and allowing myself to have stability is really valuable for my body and my health and my ability to even serve more, right? If I'm able to support myself in a really stable way. So out of all the different options, the every other option pretty much had some version of you kind of have to have a big push like frequently all the time versus like, how can I grow something a little bit, maybe a little bit more slowly, right? But eventually over time, have this stable base of people who are, you know, sewing into your work. And then for the community itself, I really felt like the thing that will change these people's lives, which I've already seen such a shift in so many of our members that I've gotten that feedback just in the first couple of months is feeling like they belong to something, right? Because in every area of their life, they don't belong. They're not invited. The menu is not tailored to them. The group is not tailored. The hike is not with them in mind, the whatever, right? It's just, they're not invited really is how we feel often. So what would it look like for them to be invited to something that they just get to be a part of and they get to have it in their lives and they get to come and meet people and it becomes part of the fabric of their life. And I think that is what makes it important. You know, that is specifically what I want them to experience. It's not just like creating a membership because I'm like, oh, I can get people to pay me, you know, consistently or whatever. It's not that. It's like, that's the work that I want to do you know? So yeah, so that was sort of my process. I mean, community is just one of the most powerful healing factors for all of us, you know, no matter which one we kind of plug into. So we're having a lot of conversations with our clients, inner circle clients about membership. And I, I can hear them in my mind saying, ask her this, ask her this. And that is marketing your membership. So do you have a membership that's just always available to join? 
Yes, like I do. it's always open. And so, how do you constantly get new members into that membership? Can you just maybe walk us through some of your marketing? Just tell us all your secrets, please. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, to be very honest, I think the reason why the community has always been something, or like a membership like this, has always been something that I've been like timid about is because my ability to market has always come really naturally to me when it comes to like the brand partnerships or like really what it is is that I'm really good at branding and I'm really good at sales and marketing is a totally different thing. I didn't always know that so clearly and I really see that now. (laughs) So that is the truth. And so, so far what I have done to market has been probably not very traditional. Like it's not, you know, what a marketing expert would tell you. I am not a marketing expert. I build most of my community through relationships. And what I mean by that is part of my marketing plan is I'll invite speakers to come. I'll gift them a membership that they're included and that they feel that they have a stake in what we're doing there. And I'll create programming with them which has been really fun and it's been really beneficial because honestly, all the members that are there that are paid members every month, they're like, wait, we get to hang out with this person all the time. Like they're in our community. And I'm just like, yeah, they really want to be here with you, you know? So that has been really amazing. And it's also helped me because I am a single founder. I'm, you know, funding all of this on my own. So I don't have a huge budget to be like paying speakers a huge fee and all this stuff. I have to be really scrappy with the way that I build my business. And so gifting a membership to a speaker that's going to like create content with me and actually build it with me has been a really great tool so far. And then I've also noticed like the last week of December, we, it was the last week that it was an introductory price. And then we moved it up on January 1st um, to the price it is now. And I did a bunch of Instagram lives with actual community members. So people that have been in the community from you know the last couple of months who were so into it, and I didn't have to like, really even ask them, they were like, when can I share about this? You know, they were just so excited. So it wasn't like a huge ask. And we just like talked about it, just like how we're talking right now on Instagram live. And we got a lot of new people from that. And I didn't know if people were going to get it or care or be interested or whatever, but we did. We got a lot of new members from that. And I do think there is a little bit to be said, what I've noticed in the short amount of time I've been doing it, to be said for creating that urgency. So even though it's a membership that's open all the time, I had some urgency around, oh, the price is changing. And then I had some urgency around like Cyber Monday. We did like a little deal that weekend and we got an influx of members then too. So I've noticed that creating almost that false sense of urgency, but it's not really false because it is a price change, but building in that urgency has been really helpful and not something I've really ever done before. You know, it's not like I never had discounts to Chronicon. I always give away scholarships to everything that I do, but I never had like discounts or like early bird specials or any of that. But I do find those things, people really appreciate it. So yeah. That's super helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And Nitika, what is your pricing now for the membership? Yeah, so it's $24.99 a month and you get a week trial and you get two months off if you do a year membership. So it's really affordable. Super um, affordable. You know, and 
Yeah. And I think it's just been, that's been like a whole thing in and of itself, because, you know, a lot of the work that I do, or I do the work that I do because I want to help people. Right. So as a person who really comes from that place and then like also has to be a part of society and be a part of capitalism, (laughs) not to like get too into that, but it's true. It was really hard for me to figure out what the price was going to be. And it started off at $14.99 a month. So that was like the introductory, the first two months. Like if you want to join, you're welcome. You'll always have this price. And, you know, I think it's worth a lot more than $25 a month. I host all the events myself. I do, you know, eight events a month and I curate some of the most amazing, breathtaking humans to come teach us and do live music and live meditation and content that is just really meaningful, I know, for this community. So I know that it's technically worth more than that, but it's my honor to provide something where we can have this whole community come together and hopefully be affordable for as many people as possible. But yeah, it's been hard. It's like, I think with the chronic illness conversation or the health conversation, there's a lot of belief that if you're not a nonprofit and you're not doing things for free, you're like not really helping this community. And I think part of what makes my work so confronting is that I am like, no, actually, I see the person who has a chronic illness because I have had to my most of my life, and I'm not going to value them based on their lowest point in life. I'm not going to say because you're sick, you don't, you're not worthy of affording something luxurious, or you're not worthy of sewing into your life in this way. You probably pay for acupuncture, pay for cryotherapy, pay for supplements, pay for all of these things. So why would this be any different? You're paying for your mental health. You're paying for a place for you to go to feel loved, right? There's a lot of nuance in that, you know, and I think people feel really uncomfortable sometimes like charging anyone who has a chronic illness. And I get it. And I also think part of my work is to like confront that. Well, we could spend hours unpacking that. And I think maybe we should have a follow-up episode where we do, because I, I mean, I would say there are a lot of hidden costs with working through nonprofits to address issues that other parts of society could be addressing as well. So anyway, there's a lot there, but there's a lot of people that get left out basically when nonprofits are the only service providers for a certain group of people, because there's, there are people then, then won't qualify. So I think it's really especially if you're offering scholarships. I mean, what you're, it sounds like the offerings that you're providing for your community enable anyone who wants to join you to have the ability to do it, you know, whether they're coming through scholarship or paying the membership fee. And that's to me, the most inclusive way that I've seen it done. So I think that makes a ton of sense. It requires us to be willing to unpack some of those cultural beliefs that we just take for granted around the role kind of, of, this work that you're doing, this healing kind of work in the world. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. I offer scholarships and it's really like it works if you are willing to show up for it, you know, and that's really like my only requirement. Like if someone contacted us and said, I want to be there, I want to come to the events, I want to show up for the content, I love what you're doing, but I just genuinely can barely afford my health insurance. So like, it stresses me out to take on one more thing. I mean, people have DM me that and I'm just like, great, give me your email. I'll give you a link to sign up for a scholarship. I don't need your money. That's not what this is about. It's about shifting that paradigm, you know? And so like, yeah, that's really confronting. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. And no matter what you price it at, someone's going to say they can't afford it. Like if it's $5, $10, $50, $100, someone, oh, yeah. you're always going to have these conversations with pricings. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think it's time for us to go ahead and move into the joy and hustle for this afternoon. So Nitika, if you could share with our listeners something in your life that's bringing you joy right now and a tool that you use that could help them hustle in their business. Yeah. So I would say the first thing that comes to mind for joy is music. And I've been singing my whole life and I sing in the Resistance Revival Chorus, which is an amazing group of women. And we came up with an album called This Joy at the end of 2020 on Ani DeFranco's label, which was pretty cool. But I say music not for all those reasons, but because I think I forget sometimes that music is available to me as like a healing modality. And a lot of times throughout my day, like last night, I did like a speaking gig and it was like, it was beautiful. It was really great, but it was really hard for me to unwind after that. I was just so like wired. And I also feel like we're processing so much right now. It's just challenging. So I like did my dishes and sang kind of at the top of my lungs for like 30 minutes And it helped me so much. It just, it was free. So if you feel like you need to access things or need something that's accessible, it's like on Spotify, which you can do for free, whatever. And I just think that we don't often remember that things like creativity and music, and maybe for you, it's like painting or coloring or drawing. It just helps our body move through energy that we can't do in other ways. You know, we need that creativity and that support. So that's the thing that I would share. So Nidik, I had no idea you were in the chorus. I am obsessed with the Instagram for the resistance. Oh, really? Chorus. Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. like actually obsessed. And I gave our podcast team like the link to the Instagram. And I was like, find these people and I want to interview them on the show. So I had no idea that you were actually in there. So that's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Yeah. I've been a member since our second rehearsal back in 2017. And it has been obviously 2020. I couldn't go to anything. I mean, the last performance that I went to was in March and that was like Harry Belafonte's birthday. And I like sang on stage with Usher. It was oh like the craziest Oh my God. <laughs> I know it was so weird and amazing. I'm like, okay, if anything is going to be our last performance before we go into lockdown for years, that's a great one. But yeah, it's been, it's been one of the greatest joys of my life. And if you want to interview more members or the founders or anything, I'd, I'd love be happy to, to connect them. you with them. Yes, yeah, let's cool. do that. Totally. Yay. Yeah, that's awesome. So that has been a huge joy. And then I would say like, what is it? The business something? What about business? A tool. A tool. <laughs> this is a tool. Okay. So, so again, this is like a listening kind of thing. I'm a very experiential and I don't know what it is. Auditory learner, whatever mm-hmm. that word is. I've just made that up probably, but no, that's, that's totally it. That's the right word. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> great. Okay. I'm that thing. And so it really helps me to listen to things. So right now I'm listening to a book called the secrets of successful women, and it's all about imposter syndrome. And I just think that so many of us are really dealing with that. And especially women, and then especially women of color. And if you've ever been through any kind of trauma in your life of any kind, I feel like that 
creates that so much more. So I just think we all have some work to do around that, you know, and I like listening to the book because I find myself like in the morning, I'll listen to it while I'm just like getting ready for my day and kind of zone out my own thoughts and take some learning in. And then I'll do that at the end of the day too. It just feels really gentle, but it also feels like it's really helping. I don't know that book. I'm going to look into it. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. Where can people find you online? Where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, so if you go to our Instagram at Chronicon Official, it is the best place because we have all of our links in our bio and you can join the Chronicon community, which is also the chroniconcommunity.com and get a free week trial and all that stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for this time, Minika. You are a true inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free. 